Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. While we're standing, the presence of God is in this house. First, I want to honour Pastor Byron and Anne, good friends. Often they've been mentors to us, even though we're not much younger. But you've been a great joy and blessing. And thank you for your hospitality and for this great church. I love the atmosphere. The DNA here is very similar to our church. That's why I just feel right at home. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to release the prisoners. People are in prison because they've done something wrong. And all of us have sinned and done some crazy, dumb things. People are captive when someone else or something else has captured them and they're bound and can't get free. The good news is, whether you've been a prisoner because of things we've done, or you've been made captive by the enemy or other people's actions or words, Jesus said, all of you can be free. Isn't that good news? Let's thank Him, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And I love, I love the physical healing power of Jesus. And we've seen that over this weekend already. But this morning, He's come to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to equip us to be His hands and feet to heal others' broken hearts. And there's someone here and you've, you've been betrayed in business and you've really struggled to get over it. It may have even been a Christian that betrayed you and you've, it's tore your heart and it's, it's locked up some of your heart and it's hindered you from stepping out. As we preach the word, I want you just to reach out and receive your healing. There's some people here and you've been through the pain and devastation of a miscarriage. And you've moved on, but there's some things that have never been really healed inside your heart. Today, something's going to shift. And I felt it all through in the worship. I feel it now. As I was about to step up, I felt this wave of healing anointing just flow. And it's for the brokenhearted. It's to set the captives free today. There's one or more people that you've had the pain of having an abortion and you've never, ever recovered. Today, Holy Spirit's going to unlock something that's taking you on a journey of freedom. Often we just push the pain down, but Jesus comes to heal and to heal it's got to be released, connected to and released. And the fear and pain of facing that sort of stuff locks us into places we Jesus never meant for us to be. But this church is a safe place. It's a place of compassion and grace where people can walk free from those and many other situations like that. And our community is just hurting and broken. And there's way too many of us as followers of Jesus that have never really come into full freedom. I want to tell you, those days 
are going to rapidly unfold. Because the more healed and whole we are, Jesus becomes very attractive. And the church becomes a place that people can't resist. Lord, I thank you for your beautiful presence. Your healing anointing, your restoring anointing, the grace of Jesus that's reaching into many hearts and minds today and unlocking and setting us free. We release the, the authority of your powerful name to heal bodies and minds, but to unlock broken hearts and release people to be set free in the beautiful, beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Let's take our seats. And today I want to share something which I wrestle with this word because I think these guys have got this nailed already. And the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to strengthen what is a strength in this church. Sometimes we come and the Lord brings us and, and brings a word that's going to stir up some things that are maybe lacking or missing. But the Lord said, no, I want to strengthen what's already happening. So if you're watching online today, and uh, big welcome to the Gilston crowd. I think they're Zooming in as well, aren't they? So uh, this word is for all of us today. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Some of us got up this morning and took about 30 seconds to work out what we're going to wear. Some of the guys, just whatever was clean and hanging in the cupboard. Some of us took a while longer to decide this or that because of the weather. And so we, we think about what we're going to wear. But sometimes we forget to wear what the Spirit of God tells us to wear and put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. That's where praise comes from. You're just thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Do you know love is one of the greatest marks of your maturity level in God? Not how much authority you've got and how many miracles have happened and how effective you are as a musician or a singer or a mercy giver. They're all beautiful expressions. But love is really the greatest mark of your level of maturity. How you love and receive love. Some people struggle to receive love because their hearts are wounded. And if you can't receive love well, it's very hard to give love because your well's not going to be full and overflowing. That's why God wants to heal our hearts so that our wells are full and overflowing. About six years ago, it was just before the Rio de Janeiro Olympics. And I remember the spot in our church, it was during a worship time, just like you're having today, and I had one of those moments where I had an open heaven vision. I don't get many of them, but this happened. It was so real. We were worshiping and all of a sudden I saw a picture of that statue 
of uh, Christ the Redeemer. You know that 90-foot high statue that we all saw in the Olympics over in Rio de Janeiro up on the mountain there? And I, as we were worshipping, I can't remember the song we were singing, but I just saw this huge picture of Jesus. And as we worshipped, it turned from a statue into a huge living Christ standing over our church and over our city of Harvey Bay. And my spirit was just overwhelmed with the reality of Jesus standing in the heavens over us. And in his right hand, he had this huge flaming sword. In his left hand, he had this, the best way I can describe it is like a huge container or bucket, but it was massive, full of clear liquid and spilling over. Now, one thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit, don't assume what he's trying to tell you. Because we so often assume and say, oh, well, water, that's probably living water, the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, what are you showing me? That's one thing I've learned. Always ask the question. Don't assume because we miss out on so many things in relationships and in the Spirit because we assume that we know. I said, what's the sword? He said, that's the sword of the Spirit that's going to cut and destroy the authority of the kingdom of darkness over this city and over your community. And I said, Lord, what's this living liquid? And he said, that is living water and liquid love that I'm going to pour over your city. And I couldn't have thought of those words. Living water and liquid love and it was spilling over, and I saw every house or person that it's landed on in our city, in our community, down the beach, and along the Esplanade, everywhere it touched, something shifted and changed and was healed and made whole. By this time, I'm on my face, sucking carpet, <laughs> crying my eyes out, because I was overwhelmed by this living vision that I saw. And it, it, it undid my heart. And even as I share it now, my heart is just so impacted. It's about six years ago and I said, God, let that be. And we've seen numerous people getting saved and healed and delivered, but we've only just started yet. And there's just, I just want to see what I saw in the Spirit be manifest. And I want to talk about liquid love today. God's love that we just read about. Ephesians 4.1, so I, the prison of the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is, to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. Wow, if we had every believer living like that, mate, our, all our churches would be overflowing. Our communities would be transformed. But we're all on the journey getting there. But the Holy Spirit's helping us to be transformed. So it's godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Each individual working together to make the whole successful. There is one body of believers and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. 
Yet grace, God's undeserved favour, was given to each one of us, not indiscriminately, but in different ways in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. And today I want to strengthen what's already here, this amazing love that flows among you, the love you have for your community, the grace that's released. You know, faith works by love. So if you want to have faith working, it always comes from the foundation of love. If you have faith working and no love, it's only going to hurt and destroy. It's going to be the wrong side of that two-edged sword that's going to cut but not heal. Because the truth can cut, but it needs to heal. And I see that in abundance in this church, the DNA from your senior pastors and right through this church. And I want to strengthen that and help you understand how powerful this is because this is one of the keys for revival and the move of God is this beautiful, powerful, healing love. Ephesians 4.11 says, And his gifts to the church were varied, and he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers or representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church. So God raises up men and women in specific gifts and ministries and you have them flourishing here. And they had to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Then it goes on and says, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting His spiritual completeness (coughs) and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity so that we're no longer children, Spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea, carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit. Well, we've seen one or two people around for personal profit. Sadly, sometimes even Christians. And it always tears and takes away from focus on Jesus. But speaking the truth In love, in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing His truth, let us grow up in Him into all things into Him, following His example, who is the head, Christ. From Him, the whole body, the church in all its various parts, joined and knit firmly together by what every joint supplies, when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. So when we're all doing our part, whether it's greeting people at the door, whether it's looking after the kids, whether it's ministering with youth, whether it's a mercy caring, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a pastor, a teacher, a leader, whatever it is, a shepherd, whatever, if we're all doing our part, guess what? The body builds itself up in love and it becomes powerful, whole, attractive, and anyone coming in moves into a place of safety and healing and their lives are quickly sorted out. They don't wrestle for years with stuff, but they quickly come into a place of freedom and then they're able to take their place and function quickly. That's the body of Christ and God's restoring the church to that sort of place and lifestyle because our world desperately needs it. Our community is so broken and hurting and afraid and anxious and deceived and confused but Christ is the way, the truth and the life and it's got to flow through the body of Christ and God's going to heal our communities through the local church, through believers as we live out our faith. It says 
Speak the truth in love in all things. I've heard people say, well, I just got to tell them like it is. You know, some people have got that sort of, well, I just got to tell them the truth. You need to read this verse. You don't have any right to tell someone the truth if you don't have a bridge of love and trust to their soul. You don't have any right to do it. Say, well, God's told me to it. Well, you get on your knees and pray until you've got a bridge of love and trust and then you can speak it. Because if you don't have a bridge of love and trust, that word can cut and destroy. The truth can be too hard. It says, speak the truth in love. Let your heart be so soft and compassionate and when you've got to speak it. An old pastor taught me years ago, he said, if you don't have a bridge of Love and trust that's strong enough to carry the heavy weight of truth or challenge to them. You have no right to say it. And I've never forgotten that. I've seen way too many people damaged because we thought, well, we just got to tell them the truth. Parents do this with their kids all the time. We just, well, you just got to tell them. No, you do it out of love and trust and then they might receive it. I don't know why I'm preaching this because you guys have got this all nailed already. But I think we need to be reminding. Another thought there in verse 15 that says about Jesus being the head of Christ. He's the head of the body. And it says, you can't love the head, Jesus, and hate the body. But I see that happen all the time. You need to love Jesus, the head, but then you need to love his body, the church. And if we can get that nailed and do it naturally, let me tell you, people will be drawn from all around. Not just to a Sunday meeting, but to your life, to your faith. They'll be drawn to say, hey, what makes you tick? I've watched how you guys care for one another. I'm sure there's no husbands here that have had the courage to say, I love you, your face and your head, doll, but I hate your body. That wouldn't go too well, would it? And yet we do it all the time to Jesus and his church. And I think, wow. Yeah, but you don't understand how I've been hurt or disappointed by someone in the church. Hey, if Jesus got betrayed by one of his 12, it might happen to us sometime on the journey. But the Spirit of God has given us grace and pathways to forgive, to love, to lift our eyes back to Jesus and stop focusing on the weak parts of the body that might stumble you. Get filled again with His amazing love and then you'll be able to walk through the disappointments or the hurts or the misunderstandings that happen from time to time in the body of Christ. Verse 16 in the Passion says, for his body has been formed in his image. Wow, so the church, his body is formed in the image of Jesus and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Wow, that's how the body of Christ works. And occasionally he puts a saint beside you who just rubs you up and stirs you up, confronts you with your weakness or your lack of self-control. And I've learned a long time ago, don't pray them out of your life because God will send two or three or more exactly the same. 
You ever had a difficult neighbor from hell and you pray them out? Then you end up with two of them, one on either side. God's wanting to change us, not you trying to persuade and change them. Because if he changes you, then everything shifts and then you've got grace to live with even if they don't change. But if you change, often it overflows them and challenges them. Hey, I'm being selfish or rude here. The Spirit of God will do His work. So don't try that sort of prayer. It just doesn't work. Some people say, well, I'll just change churches. And that happens sometimes. If God transplants people, that's awesome. But if people transplant themselves, you tear up your roots and your damage and you sometimes they never ever recover. Why? Because they've got wounded in the body, but they haven't learned how to forgive and lift their eyes to Jesus and see the head and the body flowing together. And is there wrong things happen? Yes, there is sometimes. Dumb things happen and we need healthy boundaries. But hey, we've got to understand the power of this. Ephesians 5.1, over the, following on, there, there was no chapters in the original Bible. We've put them in over the century. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, this is the church at Ephesus, which was an amazing church. But some of you know your Bible and you go to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. The same church, Ephesus, a few decades later, listen to what the Spirit of God said to him. Revelation 2, 4 and 5. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. This is the church that was filled with love and had the body functioning well somehow over the decades. They lost it. And the prophetic voice of God says, hey, come on, don't lose that first love for Jesus and the church. Hey, through COVID, the devil tried to steal us from meeting together. Yes, there was health dynamics. I understand all that. I'm not wise or silly. But what was damaged is our connection. One of the worst things that happened through COVID, they used the word social distancing instead of physical distancing. And barriers were set up. And I understand the health dynamics of it, but there were things happening in a whole lot of people's minds and hearts and psyche. And I'm so glad the church is being regathered but there's many people have never really reconnected like they used to. But the Spirit of God's saying, come on, let's love the body. We love the church, love Jesus, love His body. Come on, let's get connected and let's flow together. Let's get restored and live in the overflow of what God's called us to be. The body of Christ revealing Jesus. And you can't do that on your own at home very well. If you're sick or unwell and need to isolate, God's grace and thank God for online capacity that we can still stay connected. That's good. But don't hide unnecessarily. Let's get reconnected. Let the body function and flow. John 13, 34, Jesus, he taught some amazing things, but this one topped it all. He said, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. So you two are to love one another. By this, 
everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. How's this world going to know about Jesus? They're going to know it how we treat one another. It's not the only way, but let me tell you, it's a foundational truth that will stumble people. You're going to have all the miracles, all the amazing words of truth and revelation. But if they see Christians not treating one another well in their families or in their community, it will stumble them from hearing all the other messages. Some of us here probably didn't come to Christ for a long time because we'd been stumbled by a poor example somewhere in our journey. But hey, God's there to help us. The good news is the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So whenever we get filled with the Spirit, He starts pouring love in us and through us. You think, well, I'm not that real mushy, emotional, compassionate type. So this love stuff, it really, yeah, it's, it's not really me. Well, let's have a look at this. The key to understanding this and other statements about love is to know that this love, the Greek word, is agape. It's not so much much a matter of emotion as it is of doing things for the benefit of another person. That is having an unselfish concern for another and a willingness to seek the best for another. That's what the love of God is like. Seeking the best for your spouse, for your family, for the new Christian that's come in and doesn't understand all the language and the right clothes yet. Are we going to unconsciously judge them or are we going to show compassionate acceptance that draws people in? As a church, I can see that you do that. One of the uh, DNA of our church is inclusive, all nationalities, all backgrounds, all ages. And boy, that's a nice cliche, but it's hard to live. Because if you say, well, we're going to do that, God sends in all these amazing people from all different backgrounds. And we have basic transformations with all these amazing people that are trying to find a way out of addictions and strongholds. And, and, and mate, it's been a journey and continues to be a journey, but it's made us grow. Our hearts get bigger. It stretched us. We've got people from all nationalities in our church, in, in Harvey Bay of all places. We've got lots of people from all different nationalities. And it's exciting, but sometimes challenging because they, they want to do worship differently. They want to sing different songs. They want to do, you go to their place for, for a meal and it could take all day. And it's, it's exciting, but different. And it stretches us, even all ages. That's hard, isn't it? We've got all different expectations, no matter what our age is. And to have all ages, and I love seeing the young people in the church and the, the seniors and everyone in between. But it takes effort to stay in unity when we do that. But boy, the rewards are amazing because anyone who connects to the church, hey, there's someone there like me. I could maybe fit in here. There's someone there and I hear their story and think, that's just like me. I could get restored here. And that's how the body works. And that's how you guys flourish and function. God has created us in His image with a desire and a capacity for love, friendship and acceptance. There's great blessing belonging to the family of God. 
There's a story in the Bible, which I just want to briefly mention because there's a truth in here that so impacted my life years ago when the Holy Spirit unpacked it for me. The story of Lazarus. You know, Jesus, his best friend, one of his good friends died. They come and tell him he's sick. Then they come and tell him he's died. And Jesus takes four days to get there. Was that very compassionate from our perspective? Jesus, you should be rushing over to heal your friend before he dies. And then you hear he dies and you're still busy doing other ministry. And he said, it's okay. Just wait and see what God will do. And they're all shaking their head. He gets there and uh, Mary and Martha, those are brother, they're really upset and saying, Jesus, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And you could have got here earlier and helped us through this grief. And the professional mourners had showed up. What an amazing job that would have been. You get in the employment office, yeah, we've got a job for you. You can become a professional mourner and you go in and cry and wail for a week at, at the house of people that lost their loved one. That's what they used to do. What a depressing role that would be. Thank God we don't do that exactly like that these days. So all this was going on. Jesus shows up and we have the amazing story. Jesus said to Martha, I am resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever lives and believes in me will never die. And they're trying to get their head around it and said, yeah, I know that's what's going to happen in heaven. Jesus goes over to Lazarus' grave. He yells out, Lazarus, come out. I'm glad he used the name of Lazarus because we would have had dozens of corpses come out of the tombs because he had the authority over death. Four days, they said he stinks by now. I love the Bible. It just tells it just like it is. You can imagine if you were in there saying, Jesus, because they hadn't seen him do a healing of someone dead for four days. The Jewish people had a tradition that the spirit of someone stayed around for three days. So by Jesus waiting to the fourth, it totally convinced them all he had total power over death. There's always a reason why Jesus does things. There's always a reason if there's a delay in your healing and restoration and transfer, there's always a reason if you stay, keep your eyes on him and don't get frustrated and upset and angry. The devil will say, God's forgotten you. Your friends will say, well, maybe you don't have enough faith. But there's always a reason if we keep our heart towards God because he's preparing us and the people around for his work of grace and healing. Come out and it says Lazarus stumbled out of the grave because they used to wrap them all up in grave clothes and embalm their bodies. He stumbles out of the grave and then Jesus says one of the most amazing sentences in Scripture which most of us have read over and haven't understood. Jesus restored him to life after four days, miraculously healed his body from whatever had caused him to die and then Jesus looked at Mary and Martha and all the friends. He turns and says, you take off his grave clothes. I thought, what? Jesus, that's the littlest thing you could have done. If you can restore life from death after four days, and he turns to the family and friends and says, you take off the grave clothes. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me so loud one day and he says, that's how the body of Christ is meant to work. Jesus is the only one who can bring life out of death. He's the only one that can save a soul and give eternal life and do a healing work. But then 
He uses you and I in the body of Christ to help that person become whole. God's love and grace and mercy and prayers of authority and support. If someone's been rejected, how do they know they've overcome rejection except like they get accepted in the body? Otherwise, they don't know they've overcome rejection. We get wounded through people, so God uses us to heal people through you and I. What an amazing, beautiful, powerful, challenging truth. Because we want Jesus to do it all. Jesus, you can save them, heal them, restore them, sort out all the junk of their life. That'd be awesome. And we can just worship our way to heaven. Yahoo, what a way to go. God said, no, no, no. You're a body and I'm gonna flow through you with the gifts and words of knowledge and I'm gonna flow through you with compassion and grace and comfort and hope and encouragement and believing prayer because that's part of the way the grave clothes of pain and rejection and wounds and unforgiveness are gonna be unwrapped of people's lives and that's how love works. When I got that revelation, it changed the way I did ministry. I thought, wow, we've got to get our body ready to do our part. We want God to do it all, and he's sovereign. But if God did it all, he could just send the angels to preach. But he uses you to tell your story and reach your workmates. He uses you and I to love people into wholeness to teach, unpack the truth and disciple and mentor and with compassion, keep loving them when they push away. You notice that sometimes the very people God sends to you to heal you, the ones you push away because they start to get too close to the truth. Because when we're wounded and hurt and rejected and carrying scars, it just needs someone to get close and they touch it and you hurt, pull back out of fear or hurt and we push away the very people that God sent to help heal you. Oh, Lord. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful, is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag, is not proud or arrogant. It's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. Oh, Jesus, did you have to put that in there? Well, I'm just one of those sensitive types. I get hurt so easy. Hey, if you've got a sensitive heart, that's because God wants you to be sensitive to help other people. And he'll give you the grace to manage that sensitivity. Or I, I just walk past and miss all these signals and triggers. Marilyn and I, we're amazing. We're, we're total opposites. We were married for a few years and then we did one of the Myers-Briggs personality surveys. Anyone ever done one of those? We did one of the old style ones, 176 questions. Yes or no answers, not even A, B, C or D. Yes or no answers, we agreed on one out of 176. We were totally up, we looked at each other, we laughed and then we cried and think, mate, no wonder the first few years were a bit of a challenge. But 42 years later, I think I've just about nailed some of those things that I struggled with for a long time. But I'd just walk straight past Marilyn's full of compassion and sensitivity and awareness and I'd walk past and didn't see the tear in someone's eye or the, the strain on someone's soul and I 
And we'd go to a, a wedding or event. And I, on the way home, she'd tell me all the conversations that happened. I said, I didn't hear any of that. I was sitting at the same table, sitting beside her. I thought it was a different event. She was picking up all the uh, body language, unsaid stuff, the motives behind it. And I'm thinking, I, I didn't see any of that. And I realised there was another language I had to learn. And I'm still learning it. But we've all got different gifts to work and share the body of Christ in love. Does not take into account a wrong endured, does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one. That's how you love. Hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails, it never fades nor ends. These are the qualities of love that help build and strengthen our relationships. There's so many things that tear our relationships. There's another whole sermon there on things that tear, the unresolved offences, the uncontrolled tongue, the, the uh, unforgiving spirit, the unwise leadership actions, the unfulfilled expectations. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's people and you've had hope deferred, but the Holy Spirit's going to keep pouring in hope until you see the outworking of it. Unwise leadership actions. Sometimes leaders have done the dumbest things, but God's grace will help you grow through it. Unidentified disloyalties and uncontrolled charisma. Just want to share these couple of scriptures to wrap it up today because the Spirit of God is here to heal and restore. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ, that is, the law of Christian love. Wow, wow. Some of you are mature saints and God's using you to help heal and restore many people. His goal is for all of us to become more whole and free so that God can trust you with many more people. He wants to send hundreds more people into the, this church community in our prayer groups, our small groups, our outreach ministries, our Sunday services, because this is a safe place where people can come and get healed and restored. Last verse, Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, to you. I'll leave that word of hope there because I think, well, I'm still working out how to get this love quotient going. Good news is the Holy Spirit's pouring it in all the time. Right now, I just see liquid love pouring over people in this place. You're watching online today, right where you are, the liquid love of God is pouring in to heal and restore your heart or to fill you up so you can pour it into someone else that, that needs it. Let's stand in His presence. I just feel His beautiful healing anointing here in this place let's just close our eyes for a moment
I want to ask the question first before we make room to pray for others. Maybe you've never opened your heart to Jesus. You don't know the amazing love of Jesus. Or maybe you have somewhere in the past that life has just got in the way and things have happened and it's time to reconnect or reaffirm your faith. Maybe your eyes have gone off Jesus onto people and it's just really wounded your soul or you got distracted. Today I'd like to pray for you. If you've never opened your heart to Jesus or you want to reconnect and reach out for His love to heal and restore your soul. If that's you today and you'd like to be included in this prayer, just lift your hand and give me a wave because I want to pray for you today. Who's that in this auditorium? God bless you. Who else today? Who else today? Say, that's me. I want to come to Jesus or come back to Him. He loves you so much. He's drawing. There's a whole lot of things been happening in your heart and you find yourself in church today because the Spirit of God's reaching out in love. Who else today? I, can, I know there's some young people here. There's an older gentleman that for whatever reason, you've just refused to surrender. But God's just been stacking up the evidence that it's time. Who else today? So that's me. I want to just open my heart to Jesus. He loves you so much. God bless you, sir. Who else today? Holy Spirit. Christian, just pray for a moment. The Holy Spirit's just wrestling with souls right now. Who else today? God's calling you right now, right now. He loves you so, so much. It's time to make a change, to step towards Him. Anyone else? Jesus. Jesus. He loves you. We're going to pray a prayer. If you put your hand up, I'm going to have the courage to ask you to come and join me at the front. I don't know if they do that in this church or not, but. Well, you want to just come and reconnect with Jesus. Come with a friend. If you put your hand up, just come and join us, sir. Adam, just come. Just come. That's right. Come. Bring your friend if you want to. Who else? Just come. If you're watching online, why don't you make a step towards Jesus today, right now? That's right, just come. Just come. Yeah, God bless you. Who else? Who else? The Spirit of God's just drawing hearts right now. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. He loves you. It's so beautiful. This gentleman's opening his heart to Jesus for the first time. He loves you loves you so much it's going to restore your soul it's so beautiful I'd like to lead you in a prayer today and I'd like the congregation to join with us if you're watching at home why don't we all pray this prayer of surrender I do this every Sunday in church I get saved again every week I think it's awesome because I reaffirm my faith it just strengthened my soul and this is beautiful and those here I invite you to pray this prayer with me and congregation why don't we join together let's pray Father God Father God Thank you for sending Jesus to be my Saviour. I open my heart and I receive you by faith. Forgive my sin. Heal my heart. Set me free. I choose to follow you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Let me pray a prayer. Father, I just pray your grace and healing power over this gentleman. Let he feel your love and know your grace restoring his soul. In Jesus' name, Lord, just restore. Out of pain and hardness, there will come just peace and love and you will quickly transform his life. Let this precious woman know your grace over her life. In Jesus' name. And I pray for others in this congregation that prayed that prayer but didn't put their hand up or come, but something shifted in your heart today. And I want to say, just keep responding. Talk to someone afterwards and let them pray with you and say, hey, something's going on in my life and I'm not quite sure how to respond to it. God, Spirit of God's going to call you. Now, I just want to open the altar just for a couple of minutes. Some of those words of knowledge I had before or... On a more general sense, you say, boy, I need a fresh baptism of love. I need this in my soul. Stuff has just happened. Sometimes we go through the pain of separation or divorce. Sometimes we go through betrayal or loss. But there's a beautiful anointing here just going to bring some healing. Maybe a new Christian say, I just want to be so oozing with love that all my friends, they're just going to be captivated by what Jesus is doing. As we sing this beautiful song, I'd invite you just to come. Just come for a moment at the altar and, and let Jesus pour into your heart. Just come if God's calling you. If you're, there's stuff in your soul, we're not going to ask you what's happening. We're just going to say, Lord, touch their heart. And some of the team will pray. That's right, just come. There's men and women today. I just feel the Spirit of God's, it's a restoring time. That's right, just come. There's some healing coming in hearts. Just come forward so others can come. There's some healing happening here. There's rejection going to be broken on people's souls today. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's here to set you free in Jesus' name. He's here to set you free in the name of Jesus. Just come, because God's going to lift off rejection and wounds off your soul and start a pathway of healing in Jesus' name. Let your healing flow in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Pour it in, Lord. Pour it in, Lord. Some of the team come and help us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Pour it in, Father. Pour it in your healing anointing right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, just heal and release that pain over us all. Now, Lord, I lift off that spirit of rejection and pain. Heal a soul right now in the name of Jesus. Heal his soul. That wound of your spirit, heal her heart. God, let your healing power flow. That's right, just let it flow now. The healing power of Jesus. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.